One, two, three. Do it. Oh. Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 30. No. Okay. Coming back on in for another edition of the Scolders Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Broadmark. I'm with me, as always, my friend, my good Vikings pal, Mike Anderson. How are we doing tonight, Mike? Well, you know, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Um, apologies if there's any uh, sound issues here. Um, having a little bit of equipment failure on uh, the part of the Scolders Podcast here, but you know what? We'll get that taken care of. We're going to plow through it today, and hopefully... The content's going to be good enough where you're not really going to care. You know? That's right. I mean, I think we're pretty good, Mike. Your opinion, your unbiased opinion on, on what we put out? Well, I mean, I can't hear us, you know, right now how the listeners are going to hear us. So, I mean, yeah, it probably sounds pretty good. I mean, it, you, you get to listen to, to my sultry tones and, and you know, the, the booming voice of, of Mike. It's It's just, it's a great combination. Great right. So today, Mike, last episode we went through the AFC. Well, the last episode in this series we went through the AFC. We previewed the AFC. This episode we're previewing the NFC. Now, last time I checked, the Vikings are in the NFC, so this this whole show is going to mean a lot because we're going to be playing a lot of the teams we're going to be talking about. Some of them twice, as, as we'll get to in our division. Um, so, I mean, why are we even, why are we even waiting and, and beating around the bush here, Mike? Let's just get in there with the head trimmers and start chopping this thing to bits. Let's do it. Let's get in there. Let's do it. First one, NFC East. Um, this is a kind of an interesting division where I think the last couple of years I've seen all teams in this division kind of go up and down. Um, but as you have here, you kind of see this as a, as a two-team race. So let's, let's dig into here and see who's going to be on top and who's going to be sitting at the bottom. Um, first team, Dallas Cowboys. What do we know about the Cowboys, Mike? A lot of well, drama there. Yeah, we, we know we've got some issues going on with Zeke and Dak, right? Um, both players, uh, young, uh, have been successful. Both players looking to, I think, Dak is coming into the fourth year of his four-year contract. Uh, and Zeke must be in a similar situation, basically looking to uh, kind of get some guaranteed money and, and, you know, be there long-term and, and lock up some, uh, some of that, you know, financial security. And you can't fault them at that. Uh, they're coming off a really solid year. I think they were one of the hottest teams down the stretch last year. They bolstered the defense a little bit. Um, so, you know, I think last year they traded for Amari Cooper. This, this is a team that was on the rise. And I think the only thing that is really going to potentially – uh, hurt them a little bit would be, you know, the potential holdout from Zeke. Uh, not necessarily worried about Dak. I think Dak's been playing, practicing. He's ready to rock. But Zeke is still in Mexico. And and uh, Jerry Jones made a comment here this week that was Zeke, Zeke who? And, and uh, it sounds like Zeke and his agent both took offense to that. And I think rightfully so, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you worry if Zeke's not there, is this a team that can – uh, just fill in like uh, James Conner did last year for Le'Veon Bell and just operate with with everything firing? Or are they more dependent? Is Dak more dependent on the, the success of Zeke? And uh, I think that's the big question mark here is is if and when we might see Zeke in this offense and, and for that football team. Right, absolutely. I think you, you mentioned you glossed over Amari Cooper last year, and I just want to touch on that a little bit, uh, a little bit deeper because you looked at what he was doing in Oakland, and it really wasn't much. It seemed like his career completely stalled there. He gets traded to, to Dallas, and it just seemed like he had kind of a complete reawakening within that offense and, and with uh, with Dak throwing the ball. So um, I think that's that's a piece where if I'm Dallas and I'm looking at these guys, okay, you know you're probably going to figure out something with Dak. Zeke, you're up in the air about but Amari Cooper, that's my next priority on the list. Yeah, I think, I mean, just to put it in perspective, as a guy that owned Amari Cooper last year, um, for those of you that play fantasy football, 
uh, Amari went from a guy that you were uncertain if you were even going to start every week to a must-start top-flight receiver while in Dallas. So, um, you know, that that's the differential. I think if you assume that that kind of, you know, workload is going to be there, then Amari could be up for a big year regardless of if Zeke is there or not. But uh, certainly a, a big component of the offense going forward. Absolutely. So I I think you're right on the head there. It's it's what is what is the crux of this team? Is it driven by Dak or is it driven by Zeke? And right now, I don't know if we have a clear answer to that. I I think if Zeke's holdout ends up lasting into the season, we might get a glimpse of of what that really means. Um, but I think right now it's just there, there's too many wild cards right now to kind of project where these guys are going to be because if Dak and Zeke both end up not playing, that's your entire offense right there. Well, I mean, listen, I think this is this division is going to be a two-team race. I think that Dallas has enough firepower overall to finish higher than the Giants and higher than uh, Washington. So, you know, regardless, I still think this is a pretty talented football team. But I do agree that the sooner you can get, you know, your best players on the field, the better off you're going to be. And uh, also the more team chemistry and the more confidence you're going to build in that team that, hey, they know how good they, those players are, right? Um, they're, they're no different than us. And so I think well, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out over the next, you know, week, two, 10, 12. We'll see. Right. Exactly. So uh, yeah, I think that's kind of it for the Cowboys. We kind of touched on all, all the, the points there. Moving on to the what must be the other team you think is, is in this race for this division. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, yeah. So we see we got Carson Wentz back. He's NDSU boy, so you know he's he's got a little special corner of my part carved out, but not when he's playing against the Vikings, um, definitely. Um, so you have him, but who's behind him? You look at the last two years, and each year Carson hasn't been able to finish out the season. He's been injured. Right. Previously right. they had the Nick Foles come in, but now Foles is is QB in Jacksonville, so. Um, who, who's who's the backup there? Because that's that's an extremely important important position. I think was it Sudfeld? He also went down with an injury. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think you nailed it right at the end of the day. This team had the the capacity of two quarterbacks that were able to win football games and able to win big football games. We saw it. Uh, Vikings fans know very well. Uh, Thirty-eight to seven. Um, you know, you look at it, an Eagles team that year where. When Carson Wentz went down and I think something like week 14, uh, they come out, they, they barely escape or lose to a, a Giants team that was just decimated. They come in and they host Atlanta. Julio Jones almost makes a catch in the right corner of the end zone, which would have beat them. And I think Vikings fans went in thinking we were going to dominate that game, right? And you come out, we get a Kyle Rudolph touchdown right off the gate, and you know how the rest goes, the rest is history. Um, and Foles has had a great you know, great career since then. It's really catapulted him, and good for him. He's in Jacksonville now. But um, overall, I think you have a really talented team here on both sides of the football. You have Carson Wentz, who should be ready to rock week one. And if Wentz is healthy, he's probably an MVP candidate in my, you know, in my mind. And uh, he certainly was that year before he got hurt. So if he can stay healthy, I think this is the team that wins the NFC East, especially with what's going on in Dallas right now. Right. Um, but – if they lose Wentz, you know, what's going to happen? Because do you have the magic where who is ever behind him can step up and continue to operate at a high level? I don't know. I think that's the piece that they might have lost this offseason. Exactly. And as we've said, you know, it's it's become very apparent for them that Wentz is not necessarily the most durable guy. He hasn't proven otherwise. Like I said, where do they go from there if they lose Wentz? I, I don't see a clear option. So if Wentz goes down, I think this could be a very wide-open division if the Cowboys don't get their stuff figured out. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, moving on, you mentioned the Giants there. So let's just go right to them next, the Giants. Uh, not much <sighs> to talk about here. No, I mean – they gain what? They gain Mike Remmers. They gain Golden Tate, who's out for four games. Uh, they lose Odell Beckham. They lose Olivier Vernon. They lose Landon Collins. They lose a lot more than they gained. And this was already not a great football team behind Eli Manning. Right. So I think at this point, 
it's more of a question of when is Daniel Jones going to come in and try to start to take over the reins. Um, you have two very good football teams in Dallas and Philadelphia in this division. Uh, as much as they might think they can be competitive, I just don't see the talent there with what they got rid of. Yes, they have Saquon Barkley, arguably the most dimensional uh, running back in the league right now, you know, multi-dimensional running back in the league. But I still think they're a couple years away. They need to approach this in the right way. They need to look at where the future is, make the right decisions. Uh, we touched on this with Denver. We touched on this with, um, I think, the Jets. There's some teams, the Bills, there's some teams that they need to approach this season, um, you know, as, hey, how can we shorten this rebuild? And I think that this team, more than any of the others mentioned, is in the biggest hole, and they need to figure out how to get out of it. Exactly. It's it's one thing, you know, to lose one franchise player, like, like an Odell Beckham, but then you lose like you said, Vernon, you lose Collins, you lose all these big chunks that, you know, would have been nice as a, as a building block to kind of get you through that, that low point of, of the rebuild. But it seems like they just want to continue to hang on to Eli. And, you know, if Daniel Jones is your guy, he's your guy, but you've got to get him in there. you got to get him starts at this point. I think that's just too valuable. And if you want to build the franchise, he needs to get real-world experience. He needs to get it fast. Right. Yep. They need to be able to build that up. So, we're not going to dwell too much on the Giants here because I think we both have the same opinion. They're just they're going to be probably fourth place in that division. I wouldn't be surprised if they're one of the worst teams in the NFC. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Moving on, the last team in this division, the Washington Washingtons. Yeah. Would it surprise you if someone had said that AP is in the best shape of his life? No, not at all. I just assume that's the case. I mean he arguably is going to be in the best shape of his life for every year that he's on an NFL team, right? So, Right, right. I mean, it only makes sense. You get older, you get in better shape. Yeah, no, I mean, you you know it. You know, that's why I keep telling my wife. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is interesting because uh, I don't know if you heard the news story lately, but apparently AP is in some debt. I yeah, I did hear that. that. Yeah. Um, I did. So, Best of luck to AP on that, but uh, as far as the Washingtons go, um, you got Keenum at quarterback. You got uh, who they drafted, Dwayne Haskins behind that. Um, yep. So I, I don't really know where that offense is going with Washington. I think their defense is not horrible, but that offense is, is, in, a, is in a really weird state. And they have a lot of money sunk into that offense for what it is and for – not really a lot of big names sitting there. Right. I mean, they, you know, we have the Alex Smith situation, which is unfortunate. Uh, they trade for Case Keenum. They drafted Dwayne Haskins. Uh, you know, they've, they've got some options at quarterback. They've got some movement there. I don't know who's going to end up coming out week one or two. Uh, that remains to be seen. But overall, I think a lot of people felt they drafted well. They got Mentez Sweat. I think they got Bryce Love, a nice little running back, a little bit later in the draft. Um, they, well, also they also brought, have Darius Juice still sitting there too. Yeah, they they brought in Landon Collins. Um, you know, they did lose a few pieces uh, to other teams and Ha Ha Clint Dix, James Crowder, etc. But overall, actually, I think Washington is in a position where they can make the right moves to maybe start to be competitive. But uh, ultimately, they're a little bit too far away, I think, from the top class in this division. Uh, I'll be interested to see how Darius Geis comes back after missing his rookie year last year, and especially with AP in the best shape of his life. Um, but overall, I think this team is better than the Giants, worse than the top two. I'm interested to see how they play. It seems like Washington is that team that every year beats someone they shouldn't a couple times. Right. They lose some games that they shouldn't. I know you can say that about a lot of NFL teams, but it certainly seems like Washington does it more than others. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah it always feels like they, they steal a game. I, I I think I agree with you there. It always seems like they steal a couple here, here or there. Where, like I said, they just the competition is is way higher than them, but somehow they play up to it. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to backtrack for a second here because um, with the way the NFL scheduling format works, we play one team from each division um, in your same slot as the previous year. That for us is Philadelphia Eagles. Um, no, I'm sorry, we play the entire division, don't we? I'm sorry. So for the West, that's what we play. We play the entirety of, of the NFC East. So we're going to see each one of these teams. So 
in that context, which which of these teams do you think is going to provide the biggest headache for the Vikings? Uh, I, I would have to say probably the Eagles, right? I think um, there's talent on both sides of the football. I think their team got better, and that's not just because Carson Wentz was back. They've got some weapons. They have uh, Zach Ertz, and as you know, if you've listened to the podcast, I feel like tight ends tend to give the Minnesota Vikings a lot of trouble. And um, I just I think that's a good football team, and I, I believe we get them here this year. But still, uh, I think that's probably going to be the most difficult game that that we face out of that division. Okay, you don't you don't see Dallas at Dallas going to be a little bit bigger an issue if they're all complete. I, I don't. Um, Dallas has never scared me. I think we match up well against Dallas. Uh, you know, we we can stop the run. You can throw. You know, hopefully a Rhodes on Amari Cooper and Dak while being mobile scares me a little bit. He's not always the greatest passer. And I think there's an opportunity to get a little pressure, get him flustered. Um, and while their defense, I think, is improved and a decent defense, I think this offense for the Vikings is going to be so good that it doesn't concern me that much. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stick with I'm going to stick with the Eagles as the biggest concern. All right. Uh, sounds good. So. Let's move on now to NFC West. Let's let's keep it rolling here. Arizona Cardinals. Um, of course, of course, we saw they traded uh, Josh Rosen to Miami, correct? Correct. Um, correct. Picked up Kyler Murray, even though they said adamantly they weren't going to do that, but they did it. Um, new coach Cliff uh, Kingsbury, who was Kyler Murray's coach in college. So. What do we make of this? Is it they're they're one of these bottom dweller teams, right? It's, they're not really going to compete for anything, right? You know, you know what's scary about Arizona is they're one of these teams that we know they shouldn't be that good, but there's a lot of new pieces. There's a new coaching staff. There's a new culture, and those sorts of things over the course of history have resulted in some surprises. They really have, and. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this is a playoff team, but when you look at there's still some talent there, there's still a David Johnson hanging around, you know, there, there's still some players on this team, and I won't be surprised if they're better than people think. Okay. Yeah, I really don't have any much more input than that because they, they just they haven't done really many big splash moves besides that Kayla Murray thing, so. No, but they had they had a hell of an off season. I think they brought in some pieces. Um, they brought in some nice veterans. They brought in like a Terrell Suggs. They brought in um, you, know, you know like a, a Robert Alford. They brought in you know tight end Charles Clay. They brought in some of these guys that have a little bit of uh, veteran presence. They had a nice draft. I think they you know Kyler Murray, Byron Murphy. Um, overall, I think there's some things to watch here and. Yeah, if I'm an Arizona fan, I'm not sitting here going, we're winning the Super Bowl this year. But I'm certainly intrigued to get ready for Sundays, you know, much more than I am if I'm I'm sitting here and I'm Miami. I'm, you know, the Giants, these other teams. I think I think you've got some stuff to look forward to. All right, so Arizona Cardinal fans, just hang on there. You might have a, a little rough season, but it, it should be kicking off for you soon. Yep. Moving on, L.A. Rams. Um, kind, of a, kind of a lot of turnover for these guys, but... Sounds like they kind of added in places. They, they subtracted in some places, so it should balance out, yeah? Yeah, I, th- I think you nailed it. I think they lost a couple nice pieces in, like, Sue, uh, LaMarcus Joyner, but they also brought in Eric Weddle and Clay Matthews. And I know, um, you know, our neighbors to the east think Clay Matthews is probably over the prime, which he, I would agreeably say, is. But I think in the right system, Clay Matthews can still bring a little bit of leadership, a little bit of veteran presence, and can still be a good player on a good defense, uh, especially if he doesn't need to be the focal point, which I think um, a lot of uh, Green Bay fans were thinking he was, and he's not that kind of player anymore. So um, overall, I think this team, if anything, stayed the same, might have got a little bit better. And you know what? As much as I hate to say it, this is a good football team. And Sean McVay, whether you like him or not, has been really successful so far so um i think this is going to hinge on jared goff and whether or not you think that jared goff was a mirage if if you know what year you're look at if you think defenses can adjust 
how much McVeigh plays into Goff's success. Um, you know, I think that's the big piece here. Todd Gurley, of course, is another one. Uh, you know, is Gurley going to be able to play? Is he going to be healthy? Uh, does that really matter in a league that is clearly starting to shift to more of a running back by committee or running back, um, you know, just fill it in player A, player A, player B, C, D, et cetera. So right. uh, I think that's where I'm at with the Rams. They're going to be a really damn good football team. And, you know, we'll see how far they go. I think you kind of nailed it with uh, McVay. He's had a really solid last couple of years, obviously um, making the playoffs, making deep playoff runs. Um, you know, one step away from, from winning a Super Bowl there last year. So uh, I think there's a lot of upside here. But with the Goff point, is that is it Goff that's making your system go or is that McVay's system that makes it go and Goff is just a guy in it and just a cog in the machine? That's that's what I think we're going to be finding out sometime soon here. Um, whether or not yep. they extend golf, whether or not they decide to try something different, I don't know. But I think I'm right there with you. This is one of the the top teams in the NFC. It, I think the the Super Bowl road is going to end up going through them at at some point. Okay. Um, next team in this division, NFC West, Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. One of the teams that we play, one of our same place finishers from last year in the division. We do. We go so, there, correct? We go there, and it's a, I believe it's Monday night game after our bye, I believe. So, okay. we should have a nice long rest. But, we'll get into that in the prediction show. Right. right. What do the Seahawks do? What, are they, what makes them dangerous? Are they still a contention for the NFC West, or is it just the Rams all the way? No, I think they are. I think you you know they lose uh, Ziggy Ansa. They 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 uh, or sorry they gain Ziggy Ansa. They lose a Frank Clark. They lose an Earl Thomas. Uh, but they also, you know, they have a little bit of intrigue throughout the draft. Uh, DK Metcalf, I think, was a player that we didn't know where he was going to go. Right? There were rumors that he might go 10-11. There were rumors he might fall into the 40s. Um, so definitely an interesting player. They grabbed a couple of receivers. They grabbed they uh, grabbed an edge rusher here. Uh, but at the end of the day, this comes down to one player. It comes down to Russell Wilson. And How know, did I know I was going to come down to Russell Wilson, Mike? Well, I mean, you look at it last year, people thought Seattle was going to fall off the map. And I didn't. I picked them to make the playoffs. I, I believe, um, you know, they were a team that, that did sneak in. Am I, am I accurate on that? Yes, they snuck in. So, you know, it's it's he's such a good leader, player. Uh, I, I'll never count him out. I think that, you know, this team – for the most part, is probably pretty similar to where they were. Um, you've got a few more question marks just because you've got some rookies that need to come in and make some plays, and you're consistently losing a little bit of the the veteran leadership, but you have been doing that over the course of the last few years. Um, overall, though, I won't doubt the guy, and I think that they're definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with in that division. Yep. Um, it, it's it's. I think it's a testament to the GM and to um... – Pete Carroll, that this team is always seems to be running right in the mix. I mean, they aren't dominant like the Patriots are, but they're consistently good. And if you look at this roster versus six years ago, there's like a handful of names that are the same on it, and they're still good and they're still producing. So, um, just just a testament to that coaching staff, that GM being able to put together those teams that that function well. Uh, so. I'm sure we'll be getting into these guys a lot more in our preview, sh- our, our schedule preview, and then the actual preview for these guys. Um, so we won't spend any more time on there. We got one more team in this division, San Francisco 49ers. They're kind of an interesting uh, position because they lost a couple pieces early last year to injury. So where do we see these guys fitting in with this division and in the NFC as a whole? As a whole. Um, yeah, I think. When I look at the 49ers uh, last year, a lot of people had high hopes, right? And I don't remember where you and I picked them to go, um, but I know Jimmy G, uh, you had Jarek McKinnon, you had some upside. They had finished the year previously with like five wins in a row or something along those lines. And uh, there was a lot of hype. Well, then you lose McKinnon, you lose Jimmy G, and the season spiraled out of control. But you look at this offseason, they bring in a D Ford, they bring in a Tevin Coleman, they bring in a Jordan Matthews, they bring in a Nick Bosa from the draft. Um, they, they really brought in more and more talent, and I think that they're going to be a, a pretty good football team this year. I really do. Uh, if they can stay healthy, I think they're going to win some football games. I know when you look at game one or game two here for Jimmy G, 
I think I saw he was 0 for 6 with an interception, something like a zero passer rating. It's the preseason. This guy has proven, uh, granted, in a limited capacity. But overall, I think I'm okay with the body of work. It's been enough games. It's not um, whatever the Green Bay guy was that went out through for six TDs and and uh, didn't really do much after the fact out in, out in Seattle there. But, um, you know, overall, I think this is, this is going to be a good football team. And I think that uh, they will go as far as their health can take them. And I, I mean, I'm not going to be shocked if we're sitting here in December and they've got a legitimate chance to win that division. Yeah, I think the NFC West, um, next to the North, I think is one of the, the tightest divisions that, that there's a lot of ambiguity there that, that could really make it an interesting race towards the end. I mean, you have Seattle that seems like they're on the up and up with, with some of the pieces they've added and, and having Russell Wilson long term. You have the Rams who have consistently been good. You have the 49ers who, like you said, if they're healthy, can compete with almost anyone in this division um, who always seem to play these other teams tough. And you got Arizona, Arizona who might steal a game or two in there in the division. So this thing could easily be in December wide open and no one's running away with it. So. I think this is going to be a very interesting division to see develop. Um, yeah, it's this is going to be an exciting one to watch. So if you're anyone in this division, buckle up. I think it's going to be a wild ride for you. I agree. All right. <clears throat> With nothing else yet on the, the NFC West, we will move on to the NFC South, saving the NFC North for last. But NFC South, Atlanta Falcons, starting out with them. What do we got for them? Uh, man, the South is going to be a wild ride. Um, you have three very good football teams in this division. Uh, let's start out with Atlanta. Like, like you just threw up to me, uh, Vikings opponent week one, a team that went seven and nine last year, definitely disappointing, uh, coming off a couple of, I think, playoff appearances and legitimately what should have been a Super Bowl victory in, in, uh, 2016. Um, they re-signed Matt Ryan, I believe they brought in a few more additions, um, on both the defensive and offensive side of the ball, trying to shore up that offensive line, uh, you know, and also through the draft. I think they spent their first couple picks on the offensive line, so they're trying to protect Matt Ryan. They have one of the most prolific offenses potentially in the NFL, uh, weapon after weapon after weapon after weapon. There's Austin Hooper, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Um, you know, there's just players all over the place down there for him to throw the ball to. They're trying to get him time. You've you know, you, you've just got uh, you've got a lot of talent down there on the offensive side of the ball, and you have a defense that was decimated last year, and and ultimately, I think what cost them, right? Um, so I, I think that if they can stay healthy, this is a very good football team. The Vikings have a very tough matchup week one. Those of you that think that we're just going to come out and and walk to one and zero, you've got. We've got a little bit more that you should look into because this Atlanta team can easily, easily win that division. Uh, there's a lot of talent on both sides of the football and a lot of experience on both sides of the football. All right. Well, because I'm going to be at this game this year, I, I don't think that they're, they're going to pull out the victory just because I'm going to be there. It's just, it's not possible, Mike. I'm not saying it's not possible. It's, it's just, it's, it's just not possible. We're going to walk out of there one and all. So... So, That's fair. So you don't think Matt Ryan is on the decline at all? No, not at all. I think last year, again, they couldn't protect him. They were in a, a difficult situation, um, you know, on both the offensive line standpoint. Their defense was decimated. Um, I look at that as a guy that was trying to scrape through and win football games almost by himself. And I think that, uh, you know, I, I would willingly make a bet that Matt Ryan has a, a massive rebound season this year. And I think that you'll be surprised at the stats that, that they put up, that he puts up this year. All right. I tend to disagree, but I guess we'll find out here uh, by the time the season concludes. Um, week one, look out for that. It's going to be a couple weeks. We're going to have a preview show on them in a lot more in depth than we can get into right now. Uh, moving on. Second team in this division, Carolina Panthers. Yeah. They got no more Khalils, Mike. They don't, and I think that's a win, right? Um, uh, it's definitely a win on the tackle portion. I, you know, I think that that should be a key addition is the loss of Matt Khalil. Um, but <laughs> no, this this is a team last year that started out hot, right? I think they were six and two, seven and two, ended up losing like seven straight. 
Um, they've got a really talented uh, running back receiver in Christian McCaffrey. You've got Cam Newton, uh, who ran into a little bit of shoulder fatigue, got shut down towards the end of the season. And like you mentioned, it was another team that was banged up. Uh, but they brought in arguably the, the best center, um, free agent center in, in, in Matt uh, Paradise, Par- Paradise, I'm not sure how he says it. Uh, they brought in a little bit more uh, weaponry for or Cam and Chris Hogan. Uh, they brought in Gerald McCoy from a defensive tackle standpoint. They, they lose Matt Khalil. I think that's a win. Um, and, and they just, I, I think that this, again, is a really good football team that has a chance to rebound. And if I'm them, I'm going into these meetings saying, listen, we were 6-2, and 7-2 and two last year. Uh, this is a good football team that has added some talent from that standpoint. If we can maintain that health, I mean, uh, there's no reason to, again, think that this isn't a playoff team. So uh, just uh, I think Carolina is, is going to be on the rise, and they're going to be a tough out. I really do. I, I've always liked Cam. Um, I've liked Cam more than the next guy. I think he's a lot better than a lot of people give him credit for. I think he takes a lot of hits that would result in flags for many, many other quarterbacks in this league, and I'm hoping that that changes this year. Um, but this is a good Panthers team. Yeah, they, like you said, all the pieces were there last year. They just got – they're one of the teams that were just hit after hit after hit of injury yeah. just going down, and um, you, you hate to see that. I'm of the philosophy, I think you are too, of I want to play best on best. I want I want my team to beat your team when it's best Always. on best. Always. Um, I mean, obviously, you're going to take a win however you can get it, but I want my guys to beat yours best. If it's Super Bowl, if it's Super Bowl, I don't want to have to play a team – when their their starting quarterback goes down in practice, I just that no. it seems like that's an asterisk to me. I want Aaron Rodgers to play sixteen football games every year. I mean, doesn't tell you where I'm at from that standpoint. You know, I, I don't I don't want to walk into something. I don't want any excuses. I want the best of the best. I want everyone to be healthy. I wish all I wish all these guys could stay healthy, and I'd love to just see the teams operate at you know the level that they're coaching staff envisions let's see the playbooks let's see the plays let the players make the plays um but unfortunately uh as we all know it, it rarely happens that way yeah so hopefully we wish her some good injury luck in carolina and make that that division a little bit more interesting this year um because the next thing we're about to talk about pretty much ran away with it last year the new orleans saints they did yeah so let's start off with this uh the drew Brees cap hell situation basically after this year, Drew Brees is under contract for, I believe, two more years. Now, those years automatically void after this year. Those don't, those can't not void. He is due another 23 or so million on their cap for next year, and he is not on their roster. So I don't know what they're going to be doing with quarterback. I don't know how long they can keep on doing that kind of situation with Drew Brees' cap, but I don't even know if it's going to matter at that point with the kind of skill guys they have in their stable now, but what are you thinking on the Saints here? Because I, I don't see these guys slowing down at all. If anything, I see them getting better. Uh, yeah, and that's the scary thing, right? It's a very good football team. You have what should have been the NFL MVP outside of Patrick Mahomes having a ridiculous year last year and Drew Brees. Uh, they lose Mark Ingram, but they add Latavius Murray. They, they add Jared Cook, an athletic tight end. And, you know, Nick Easton, a player that a lot of Vikings fans would love to still see in purple down there now. Um, I think you're right. This team probably got a little bit better. Uh, The only thing that we've got going for us is that, again, I think Atlanta and Carolina, if healthy, are very good football teams and should be able to beat up on them a little more than they did last year. And we haven't got to Tampa Bay yet. We'll we'll talk about them next. But, um, you know, I'm going to have a similar train of thought, obviously not to the level of those two teams. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, this is probably, I mean, this is probably one of your safer bets. If you had to pick a team from the NFC to make the playoffs, I think this is where you go. Uh, not only do they have Drew Brees, but you have a competent quarterback behind him in Teddy Bridgewater and a guy that can still step in and make throws, not turn the ball over, let a defense, let a, a very good defense still, um, you know, that, that has some new additions, make some plays and, I think at the end of the day, man, the Saints are a good team, and and Breeze is still doing it. All right, Mike, moving on to Tampa Bay, um, the last team in this division. Uh, Looking at kind of a a bottom team in this division, bottom team kind of in the NFC last year, 
what kind of are we looking at these guys? You know, they got a new coach, Bruce Aarons coming in there. Um, where do we expect these guys to be going? Well, I mean, I, I love Bruce Arians, and I think he took on a pretty big task, right? Uh, this is a team that really hasn't had double-digit wins in, I think, something like nine years. They had one of the worst defenses last year. They have Jameis Winston, who you don't know what you have, and, and so it's a bit of a project. But uh, if anyone's going to tackle it, I think Arians is the guy. They brought in, you know, some veteran players. They brought in Sue. They brought in... Uh, you know, Brashad Perriman, they brought in a Blaine Gabbard. Um, they didn't lose a ton. Obviously, Gerald McCoy is a pretty big loss, but um, they also spent their first five picks on defense. Uh, so they're trying to fix what was broken. You know Arians is going to come in and try to establish a run game to maybe help Jameis Winston out. We've seen Winston um, excel at times if, if he's got time, and, if, and, and certainly Mike Evans is one of the most dangerous weapons in the league. So uh, it's an interesting team. I don't think this is the year for them to turn it around, but I do think this is a year where you can really uh, garner some excitement and, and then come into the draft next year, make some moves, make some more free agency moves, and then maybe you are a team that we're talking about saying, hey, next year this is a team that might be able to play uh, you know, for a division or for at least a wild card spot. Who knows where Drew Brees is going to play? Who knows how everything else is going to shake out? Um, so that, that's kind of where I'm at with Tampa this year. Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay is definitely an interesting conundrum, and I think they will be going forward. Um, I think it's all going to depend on how the the culture that Bruce Aaron wants to bring in is, is going to basically affect how the team grows and where that team develops. Um, like I said, they spent a lot of resources, it looks like, on, on defense, so um, they might be getting back to that kind of smash mouth type defense style football, and, you know, it, it might work for them. We, we're going to have to find out. Um, but... <clears throat> With that, unless there's other any further notes you have on Tampa Bay, anything, Mike? Is that good? Uh no, I think that's good for Tampa for me. Yeah. Okay. Enough talk for Tampa. Enough talk for Tampa. Maybe they'll trade for Gruden. I don't know. We'll see. Um, that's a different podcast. We're gonna take a break before we get to NFC North and overall NFC predictions. So we'll be right back after this break. All right, we are back. Now, we've been through most of the NFC, Mike. We've been through the West. We've been through the South. We've been through the East. It is time now. It is time to go through the NFC North. Now, we have different segments allotted for each of these teams coming up. So, some of the stuff we might not touch on, but we're going to be more in-depth with this division, obviously, because it's the one we know best. We play each of these guys twice. These are guys that are going to be that's going to hold the keys to our fate if we were to do well on our hunt for the Super Bowl. So starting off, alphabetically, Mike, division champion defenders, Chicago Bears. What are we expecting here? I don't think their defense is going to repeat what they were able to do last year, but I don't know. Maybe there's some moving pieces there. So what do we see happening here? Well, I mean, for me, I think it's going to be tough, right? They lose uh, Vic Fangio. I think that's one of their key losses. They also lose Bryce Callahan. They lose Adrian Amos. Um, you know, those are big components for a defense that played really well last year. So even though you bring in a uh, Clinton Dix, um, I, I still think that this defense takes a little bit of a step back, mostly because of losing uh, Fangio. So um, I think that this team probably got a little bit worse uh, overall on the off season. And, you know, they still have a lot of talent there. They, I think David Montgomery, rookie running back, is a player that I love and someone that's going to cause some havoc this year. But um, overall, I think that Chicago, you know, got a little bit worse, just a little bit worse. But I think that, you know, Green Bay and Minnesota are teams in, in, that are probably going to rebound from last year, uh, potentially. And also Detroit, as we're going to get to, I think probably had the best offseason of any team in the North. So, you know, this is a team that are constantly telling people you're sleeping on the Lions. This is not a three-win football team. It's not a four-win football team. It's not a five-win football team. The Lions are not just going to lay down. Um, so I think overall I'm looking at Chicago as really taking a little bit of a step back. I think the teams will adjust. You lose Fangio. Um, I think they take a step back this year. All right. Um, I, I think I tend to agree with all your points there. Um, obviously, I think 
Trubisky is a little bit polarizing. Bears fans, they see a lot of Bears fans. They they love the guy. They tout him highly. But um, the likes of at least me, I don't think he's really got what it takes to carry this this team um, when the going gets tough. I I don't know where you're at with that, but that's that's kind of my read on it. Is I just don't think he's got that in him. Um, you saw last year they were the number one scoring defense. They were number one in a lot of categories on defense, and they still only eked out eleven and five, right? Right. So, I don't know. I don't know where we're at with the quarterback situation there. I, I just I don't buy into it. Uh, I tend to like Trubisky a little bit more than others. Now, I will tell you, I've heard this offseason and coming into camp and things, it, it hasn't been great. Even the local writers are beating up on him a little bit. Uh, I love the mobility. I think you need to be mobile in this NFL, this day and age in the NFL. So, um, you know, I, I'm not going to – not going to rule it out yet. I think there's still a chance that he can turn into, you know, a top tier quarterback. And by top tier, I might mean top 10, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think the defense is the focus guys like Khalil Mack, but um, you know, anytime you have a Khalil Mack on a team, that's really going to be the focus when you come in on a week to week basis. But uh, Trubisky does have some depth at receiver. He does have some weapons. And I think that if I'm Trubisky, I'm looking at this going, Hey, my defense is really damn good. If I can just come out and figure this out a little bit, we're probably going to be in basically every football game. And and so, you know, I think uh, you're right. A lot of this is going to be on Trubisky and, and how well he can operate uh, coming into what is, what, his third year, third full year? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So we expect the Lions, the, the Bears take a little bit of a step back, possibly. Um, sounds like – Based on the rest of the teams, they've done the least to kind of add to their cause. But let's move on to the team that you say has done the most in the the division, Detroit Lions. Yeah. Okay. Now, my first point here is Matt Stafford's wasted career because he has been a phenomenal quarterback for that team, and it seems like they can never quite put together the team around him. Now, does that change in year two of new coach, new system, new kind of philosophy? Does that kind of change um, with Matt Stafford there? Or with under Matt Patricia? Yeah, Matt, well, yep, exactly. Yep. What, what, does the mentality change in the year two of that with, with the pieces they're bringing in? Are they able to actually turn it around and salvage some of Matt Stafford's career here? Yeah, you know, I think let's start out with the offseason, right? They really lose Ezekiel Ansa, but they gain Trey Flowers, right? So they're actually probably upgrading there. You bring in a Justin Coleman at corner. You bring in Danny Amendola. You bring in Jesse James. You bring in C.J. Anderson. You bring in T.J. Hawkinson through the draft. Um, this team got better in the offseason, and there's no doubt about it. You have Matt Stafford. You have a competent quarterback. It's a team that's consistently been, you know, winning six, seven, eight, nine games, but not able to get really any better. And the question is, can the coaching, you know, is there a change in the, the front office and in the team and in the culture uh, that is able to actually get them over the hump? And I think this might be a year that, they could surprise some people, right? They they got better overall. Uh, it's not a horrible football team. We're thinking the Bears regress. We're about to get to Green Bay. I don't think that highly of them this year. While I like the Vikings, I think there's a real opportunity for the Detroit Lions to at least be relevant in December and, and be smelling that kind of wild card spot. So do not sleep on the Lions this year, I'm telling you. You heard it here, man. Do not sleep on the Lions. I, I think I agree. They made some nice moves over the last couple of years. Um, you look at a guy like uh, uh, their tight end. Who's the tight end that went to the Colts? Um, Eric Ebron. Ebron. Never really caught on to Detroit, obviously having a little bit of a career renaissance in Indianapolis. But um, maybe now you bring in Hawkinson, you bring in Jesse James. Maybe those two are, are two guys that, that can cause some noise for you. And put up some points, and with the defensive overhaul they got, you didn't even mention Slay is still there. So they got a lot of pieces on defense, and if they can put that together, I think, I think like you said, they're going to be a dangerous team um, come December. The problem well, is, it, you trust them to put it together. Well, I mean, look at on the offensive side of the ball. You still you have a Marvin Jones, you have Kenny Galladay, you bring in uh, Danny Amendola, you draft the T.J. Hawkinson. Like, you still have talent on the offensive side of the ball as well. So. Um, again, I still think that this is a, I mean, this is a, an NFL football team that is going to be fully capable of going out and winning some games. 
All right. So, <clears throat> speaking of winning games, and probably not a lot of them, Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Yeah. What going on here? New coach. Um, same old Rodgers, but uh, what does that mean for this team? Well, I mean, you know, we're going to get a little flack because, you know, we are a Vikings podcast, and, you know, I'll let it be known. I hate Green Bay. I am not a big fan of the Green Bay Packers. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm, I don't wish any ill will, and I'm always excited to see how the NFL season plays out. But keeping that in mind, you bring in a new coach, you bring in a new system, you have Aaron Rodgers, who coming into the third preseason game still has not played. Uh, you lose Clay Matthews, you lose Jake Ryan, you lose Randall Cobb, you lose Brashad Breeland, you lose Nick Perry, you lose Mohamed Wilkerson. Um, and you don't really, you, you bring in Adrian Amos, you bring in Zaria Smith, you know, you spend money. They had a lot of money to spend, uh, but they bring in these new pieces. What are we saying now? New, 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 new. Um, and, and I just think that this is a year that, you know, they were what, six, nine, and one last year. And that was probably a stretch. They came back in a couple games. They really shouldn't have tied the Vikings. So this is a team that I think might struggle to get to 500 this year. And, and I mean that not as a, a homer take. I, I truly believe I'm concerned that Rodgers hasn't played yet this preseason. Um, I think they have a really brutal schedule. I think they go Chicago, Minnesota, Philadelphia to start. And all of a sudden they could be 0-3 and, and you're behind the eight ball at that point. So um, I, I think this could be a rough year for Green Bay, and you know maybe it comes back to haunt me. But but man, I, I just don't know that this is their year. Yeah, I think with new coaches, it, it's it's extremely rare when you bring in a new coach, even with a guy like Rodgers uh, at the helm. It's extremely rare with a new coach that you're going to be sitting in the postseason or at a high seat in the postseason. It just doesn't happen very often because of how much changeover happens in that case. And, and like I said. You get tons of new pieces on defense. You give those guys one offseason to really gel into each other with a whole new coaching scheme. I, I don't I don't think that happens that quickly. So maybe next year, maybe the year after, we might be seeing some of these pieces actually start to, to lock in and, and become a threat. But I think I'm with you. I don't think they're they're going to be that good of a team this year. Now, of course, you got Aaron Rodgers, so any game is, is within your reach. But... Um, yeah, but I mean that just hasn't been the case now for a while. It yeah. really hasn't. So I mean, yeah, I don't know. Could be the decline of Aaron Rodgers. We'll see. We'll find out soon. Yeah. All right, coming back around. Last team we're gonna break down here before we make our predictions. Your favorite, Mike. My favorite. Most of the listeners' favorite, I would assume. Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Now, now let me preface this, Mike. Mike Zimmer became our head coach in 2014. Okay, we went, I believe, seven and nine that year, if I'm not mistaken. In 2015, drafted Teddy Bridgewater, go 11 and five, lose 27 wide left. You know, 27 yard field goal wide left. Okay, 2016, Bridgewater goes down. We still start five and zero. Oh. We end up 8-8 eight eight in the season. Missed the playoffs. 2017. Case Keenan magic happens. We go 13-3. Two-win improvement over our last uh, postseason appearance. We go to the NFC Championship game. 2018. We go 8-7-1. Missed the playoffs. Only logically here, Mike. Logically. We're going to make the playoffs this year. We're going to be 15-1 based on the algorithmic <laughs> increase. In, in wins and Love it. and somehow because we made it two steps further in the playoffs we're going to get two steps further in this playoffs which means winning the super bowl and somehow also winning the pro bowl i don't even know how you can win the pro bowl when you don't participate in it but we're going to do we're going to find a way to do it so i mean it's only logical mike the Vikings are going to win the super bowl at 15 and one record i mean it's only logical it's it's science i mean i i just explained it to you i i, I don't i don't understand why, why we even need to talk about it anymore I, I mean, I don't think we do. Uh, we're, that's it. We're, I'm in. I'm all in. That's, all right, we're there. All right, that's it. Uh, it's uh, Thanks for listening to Scott. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Minnesota Vikings, we, we kind of lost some pieces. We added some pieces. Um, what are your thoughts on what the Vikings have done relative to the rest of this North? Yeah, I think for me, um, Sheldon Richardson was a big loss. Nick Easton's a loss. I, Latavius, I think we make up for that. 
Um, Remmers, I'm glad, gone. You know, Sandejo, I think Harris is going to step in fine. Cheryl's, we all know, if you've listened to us, how we feel about Cheryl's. Uh, and then you look at the additions. You know, you bring in a Kubiak. I think you can talk about that as a big addition. I think uh, Bradbury, that's a big addition. Shamar Stephan coming back. Um, you know, you look at Irv Smith Jr., you look at Josh Klein. I think that overall, this is this is pretty close to the same team. You've got a few more pieces that could be exciting as we go. But at the end of the day, you're just gaining consistency. You're gaining some experience. You're gaining what you're talking about. It, it seems like Zim's an every other year guy. And this is the same defense. It's an offense that has a little consistency. Cousins has a year under his belt. Um, Diggs and Thielen, hopefully, are a little better. Dalvin's healthy. Looks better than ever. The line should be better. Overall, this is just a team uh, that quite frankly, should return to form from two years ago and, and should return to what a lot of people thought we would be last year. And, and there's no reason to think that they won't. Uh, right now, I mean, knock on wood or whatever material is near you when you're listening to this, we've been pretty healthy right now. Um, so if they can come into this football season as a healthy football team, I'm telling you a lot of people are sleeping on them and they're going to be a damn good football team. Yeah, I think the last power rankings I, I watched it, any power rankings that are like before week four just kind of irrelevant, but they had us at like 16 or 17. And I'm like, that, I like, I, I understand that from the context of the, of yeah, the past yeah. year. I, I get the context it's of it. It's fair. I get it. Yeah. But I, I think if you just look at the moves and you look at the trajectory of what we've done and you look at the entire roster as a whole that's returned year after year after year, I think that's an absurd placement for us. I, I think we're one of the top 10, top five teams in the league. Um, it's just like you said, if we can stay healthy, if some of this experience we're bringing in actually pans out the way we think and we hope it will, I, I think we're going to be laughing here when, when it comes to December and January. I think we're going to be right in the fight and we're going to be on the high end of it. Yep. Nope. I'm with you. All right. Playoff predictions, Mike. Let's do it. All right. Who, who is taking... Your lowest wild card spot. We'll go bottom to top of this time. Oh, I'm not ready for that. Oh, you okay? All right. And you're not ready for that? All right. You, you want to go top to bottom? Yeah. Okay. Who's taking number one seed, Mike? Number one seed in the NFC will belong to your Minnesota Vikings. Nice. Would it surprise you to say that I say the same thing? Uh, no, it would not. I am going to say the same thing. And you know what? I think 12 and 4 gets it, sir. I think the rest of these, these divisions are going to be dogfights. Um, yep, I, think it's, I think it's going to be 12 and 4. It's going to be a tie. You know, obviously, I hope it's going to be higher than that. But I think 12 and 4, then there's going to be a tiebreaker that gets us into that, the top spot. Like, you know, maybe against the Rams or, or the other 12 and 4 team. But um, that's, that's where I'm at. Top seed, Minnesota Vikings. Number two seed, Mike, who you got? Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles, okay. So I think that I, I'm worried about Zeke, and I think that the bottom of that division is an area that the Eagles will feast on and probably go 4-0. and And if Dallas doesn't figure it out, I think that's just too many free wins, and I look for them to have a decent record that's good enough for that two seed. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to disagree with the, with that one because um, I, I, I just I, I'm still better at the Eagles. So I think number two seed. You know, you know what? I'm gonna do it. Number two seed, Atlanta. Yeah, I like Atlanta. I love that pick. They're gonna be really good. Number two seed. Number two seed is gonna be Atlanta. They're just gonna barely edge out. I think it's gonna be like a week seventeen edge out of New Orleans for that division, and then the number five seed, New Orleans. I'll just give it to you right now. My five seed is New Orleans, and that's gonna be. A very high seeded, um, very high win five seed because it, yeah. they're just barely going to get edged out in that division. Yeah. Um, all right. Who's your three seed? Uh, I'm going to flip with you, man. I'm going to do New Orleans at three, and you might as well pencil in Atlanta at five. So. All right. This is all turning out very similar, Mike. Um, well, and, and, and honestly, we'll see. You know, we'll see who I go with, with at six, but I'm telling you. Carolina is a really good football team. All right. Number four seed, Mike. Who you got? Four seed is the Seattle Seahawks. Just realized I didn't get my three seed. Um, so you got Seattle, the four seed. All right. 
Uh, what do I got as my three seed? I'm going to go with the Eagles as my three seed. My four seed... I, I just think I think I think it's still Rams, man. I think they're still hot. I think they're still there. Um, I, I think it's still gonna be Rams at, at four. Mike, who's your last wild card team? I'm gonna go with uh, Sweet Carolina Panthers, baby. Sweet Carolina. I think they get in. Um, I think that's a really good division. They stay healthy. Those teams beat up on each other. Uh, you know what? I want McVay and Goff to prove it to me. Um, I'm not sure I believe in Goff overall. I think the NFL having an offseason to catch up on them might actually, you know, turn out to be good for the offseason. Uh, they might actually win that battle, and, and I want to make sure they can prove it. I think the loss of Sue might be bigger than expected, especially next to Aaron Donald. So uh, let's prove it. I think you're going to have back-to-back -back years where you have an NFC championship team that does not make the playoffs the following year. Interesting. All right. My sixth seed, San Francisco 49ers. I think they're going to surprise. Wow. I think they're wow. going to surprise. I think they're just going to do enough to squeak in there. They're going to capitalize on, on some, some miscues from some of their division uh, rivals, and they're going to be in there at six. All right, Mike. Last bit that we're going to talk about here today. Who is representing the championship games here? Uh, i got to think about how this math works. I want to go Vikings-Falcons. Am I able to do that with the way I seeded this? I think so, right? Okay, okay. Vikings-Falcons, well, you have a five seed, so we would face... That we go one? Well, okay, so... So three would face six, four would face five, so five would win. So then Carolina would have to win, right? Yeah. Because then we would have to face Carolina and win, and Eagles would uh, have to possible. face Atlanta win, so it's possible. Possible. So you want yeah. you want the rematch. I want the rematch, baby. You We're want the, the rematch. We're getting the vengeance. You want the rematch. Okay. Interesting. Give me Mike. Dan Bailey from 48 to seal it. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be Vedvik, but okay. Um, <laughs> you want to know what, Mike? Because if the same math works out for me. Vikes New Orleans rematch. One seed versus five seeds in both cases. Let's go. Let's see how that works out. Love it. With the Vikes hosting both of those games, by the way. So I mean, of course, of course, of course. Maybe, uh, maybe the the Atlanta game doesn't turn out different, but maybe the New Orleans one does because it's uh, actually at home this time. Who knows? Regardless, Mike, I, I think it's going to be a very interesting year for the NFC. I mean, you got the North that that has you know a lot of teams fighting there, you know, defending Bears, Detroit Lions on the up and up, Vikings that have just always been there. You're looking at the South with three really good teams there that are playing. The West with a lot of intrigue. I mean, it's the Rams thing to lose, but there's a lot of guys nipping at their heels, um, and then you just got a lot of development that you're going to be looking at at the East and. Kind of seeing how that plays out, but it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be another fun year um, with, with the NFC. Yeah, I think the NFC is, uh, you know, we looked at the AFC before this, and we were curious how it was going to stack up. And I was actually surprised when we walked through it. I mean, it's still, it's it's a very good league this year. Um, a lot of talent in, in both conferences, and uh, I'm excited for, what, September 5th, and then September eighth i think or whatever yep so yep it's football is back just a few short weeks away we'll start getting uh, our first little bits of information on, on where these teams are going to lie um but you know that's our prediction for me vikes new orleans rematch for you vikes atlanta rematch in the championship game and from there all bets are off and you just kind of you, know, you just hope that maybe i can get one before i die and um put a lot of people at, at ease on that front that's right. But uh, that's going to do it for us, Scottish Podcast. I'm at Namak7 on Twitter. 
Muskie underscore Mike. Come check us out there. We're part of the Climbing Pocket Network, now on Daily Norseman. Everywhere you listen to podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, um, all those guys. So come come find us. Um, it's probably where you're listening to us right now. Uh, appreciate you listening. Next time, we're going to be talking Viking-specific schedule preview. So hope you enjoy the overall NFC preview. It's going to do it for us, Mike. Skull. Skull. <laughs>